Welcome to Wiggins Boulevard, where we discuss everything life, love, relationships, and marriage from a millennial perspective. We're your hosts, Angelica and Luigi Wiggins. How y'all doing today? Happy Friday, everybody. Welcome back to Wiggins Boulevard. Yeah, it's been a long week, but we made it. It has been one of those weeks, and mind you, it was only a four-day week because Monday was a holiday. Was a holiday, so the the four days took forever to to come, you know, go by. Friday took forever to get here. Nevertheless, we are here. Yes, and happy belated Memorial Day. Yeah, I you know I was um looking on social media, and it's like a lot of people misconstrue. Um, what Memorial Day is about, and it's like Memorial Day is for um, it's a day where we honor our fallen soldiers. Um, Veterans Day is when we honor, um, you know, it, well, it depends on how you look at it. Those who are currently serving, or those who are veterans who you know did their time in, whether it was a year, you know, not a year. I mean, because you know. Things happen. People get out for medical discharges, things like... You're um, right. You're right. You know... I'm just being me. Yeah, out of their hands. So when you swore in, you became a veteran, no matter how long. I get it. Yeah. Um, And then what's the other one? It's Memorial Day and Veterans Day. Labor Day. I thought it was something else dealing with military. Oh, dealing with military? Um... Yeah, because somebody posted it. Anyway, um, yeah, so it's kind of like weird saying Happy Memorial Day because you saying, I don't know. Like, we talk about fallen soldiers. I don't know. But, yeah. If I guess you, it's a respect thing. Yeah. So, I mean, I saw posts, you know, when people, um, companies and businesses send out flyers to, like, present a sale or something, they'd be like, Happy Memorial Day saving or something like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that's neither here nor there. That's just something that, that's funny you said that because it was like something I saw on social media. Right. But anywho, um, we had a lit Memorial Day weekend. Yeah, we did. Um, we, um, Samo was in Baltimore, so we went to his show mm-hmm. um, on Sunday. Um, no, yeah, on Sunday, last Sunday, mm-hmm. um, what did we do on Saturday? I was off Friday. I can't we, remember. We we went out to eat, and we went to get our pedicures. Oh, yeah, we did our pedicures. It's been a minute. We've been so busy. Our, um, nail techs were like, oh, my God, we haven't seen you. So they be, they be clocking us, okay? Because <laughs> um, we, we leave good tips, so they probably like, I need that tip yeah. every two weeks. Um, yeah, so then we, um, where we go out to eat at? We actually had the food here, but we went to the, um, what do they call, what do you call, mm. what do you call it? Olive Garden. You call it something else, Angelica. <laughs> <laughs> no, you caught me off guard. Oh my god. 
like this the uh Italian Applebee's or something you said it was? Oh, it's oh yeah, they call it the it's like the um fast food Italian Yeah, restaurant. Italian restaurant. And people be, you know, coming for Olive Garden, but listen, I get the same thing every time I go. Those lasagna fritters bust down. Okay? You can never go wrong with the super salad. And I get shrimp alfredo. And it's mm-hmm. like, if you can't cook that, I mean, what are we doing? Yeah. And yeah, we brought, we had, you know, we our husband went and picked up the food and we had a date night in. Monday, we didn't, well, Sunday night, we didn't get in till like 3, 4 in the three morning. 3 in the morning, about that. Baby, I slept in on Memorial Day. I didn't. I got up and I went on a ride with my Push and Pedal family. Shout out to Push and Pedal. Listen, I told baby be blessed. I slept in because I was tired. Um, And then we cooked on the grill. Yep. And then it was back to business as usual back on to Tuesday. reality. But countdown until you um are out of school for the summer. Yeah, well, the yeah. school year is over. Yeah. So... Um, two weeks? Yeah, we get out in two weeks. Well, you said two weeks last week, so I think it's a week. No, the kids get out. Oh. And, you know, we always got to go for whatever reason. They making us still come in the building. And then it's June, and it's countdown officially to your birthday, July 1st. And we are going out of the country. We're going out of town. And we'll talk about that later down the line. We probably end up doing a um episode. We're gonna have to do an episode and when we go yeah, we're gonna we're gonna let y'all know where we're going later. Anywho, we just blabbing. Sorry y'all. This is what pray. we do. We let just talk. Let me pray. Yeah, go ahead and pray, babe. Thank you, God, for this day. Thank you, God, for this platform. Thank you, God, for the words that you will give us to say to our listeners that we will be able to grow together and learn from everything that you speak through us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Also, our God baby is officially promoted. a sixth grader. Promoted. Can you believe that? No, she about to be driving and going. Our baby to is going to the sixth soon. grade. She's going to middle school. This is about to be crazy. Then our niece. She's going to be asking for gas money. What? No, she's going to be asking for a car. Then our she niece. have a car, of course. Then our niece, my best friend's Tori's daughter, which is, she's also my, my sister, like my niece's, like my, my blood niece. She's also, we consider them twins because they're born like a couple weeks apart. They have the same body stature. They act alike. It's so funny. Yeah. Um. She turned nine wow. on th- yesterday. Yeah. And then my good girlfriend, my friend Crystal, she talked on a podcast. Oh, not a podcast. It was like a show um, with PK's Preacher's Kids. And she just talked about her journey as a preacher's kid and, you know, going throughout life. So we really had a busy week. Yeah. But baby, it's Friday. And we made it. We made it. Okay. Um, so today's episode, um, we want to talk about trauma. And we want to talk about trauma and the impact that it has on 
relationships. And you know, we cover all bases. And this could be trauma from your childhood, from your adulthood, um, something that may have you have experienced just now during the pandemic. Yes, and I was saying that we're gonna cover we cover all bases. So whether you're you're you know single, relationship with yourself, your family, a spouse, boyfriend, girlfriend, with your children. Um, professional in the workplace, regardless, trauma can happen in any relationship or to anybody, like in different and and then in different instances in different ways. Trauma looks different to everybody. Um, so this pandemic alone has been a lot for everybody. Yeah, I was I was talking to a friend and. We're kind of around the same age, and we were just saying like we've experienced our our age group has experienced so many traumatic experiences, like world traumatic experiences. Like you got nine eleven. Like we were actually in school when this happened, and they turned the TV on, and we see people jumping out of buildings. Yeah, I was. I actually skipped school. Um, that day, because I mean, I remember like it was yesterday, I had braids in my head and I was sick of the braids <laughs> and, um, my mama let me stay home and take the braids out. And I remember I was watching, you know, the rerun of 106 and Park, mm-hmm. um, that came on that morning and then it was interrupted by breaking news. Mm-hmm. And that's when... I saw, you know, they had, you know, the towers and the planes going into the towers. So it's like America been through some stuff. You hear me? Yes. And I want I would say that the most traumatic experience that I've our uh, age group and even um, I'll say millennials and even our parents generation was the crack epidemic. Oh, I don't remember that child. I was well, shielded. I mean, you were still impacted by it because you know everybody family family had a, a crackhead in it around that time. Yeah, and I and as soon as you said crackhead, somebody came to my mind. So you're right. Exactly. So oh. <laughs> <laughs> that family, I do have a crackhead cousin, second cousin, my mama cousin, a crackhead. Um, but yeah, so trauma is like. It's like it's just it's widespread. Yeah, period. Like you can just think back years and years as far as a country, um or or a nation, um, but also as um individual experiences. And I wanted to talk about um this topic because I feel that it's these t- trauma will test your relationships like when you experience trauma or have to you know go through traumatic experiences that's when you find out who's in your corner that's when you find out you know i know in marriage if you know that person is really for you if you can really spend your life with this person Mm -hmm. you know those vows that you you talked about at the altar are we going you know sickness through health like 
trauma really tests relationships, mm-hmm. period. So, um, we personally have had, have been through um, some traumatic experiences together. Yes. Um, and I'll let my husband speak on his traumatic experience first because he has happened first. And then I experienced a traumatic experience not too long after yours. So it was like we were hit with two traumatic experiences back to back last year. Well, um, I just shouted out my my push and pedal family. So I became a cycling demon. I ain't gonna say mm, demon. Don't say demon. Shit, yada. I rebuke I'm, that. I'm possessed. I am possessed with cycling. We rebuke that. No, he is not possessed. You hear me? He's obsessed. No, I'm addicted to it for real. Okay, but you ain't no demon and you ain't possessed. The blood of Jesus. I wish I had some oil. I'd throw across your foot. I be needing it sometimes because I I just feel like cycling gets in the way of everything. I be wanting to just drop everything Dang. and go cycling. Okay. Stay on, stay focused. So, anyways, I uh, me and one of my buddies uh from the cycling club, we were on a route that I do pretty much. I I did pretty I've much done. I've done pretty much every I did pretty much every day up until that point. Yeah. Um so we were just, you know, minding our business, doing this little route, hill route. Um that's how I basically build up my stamina. And um we're going up this this hill and uh I see a car passing, and it's, like, driving slow. And then next thing you know, I hear a motorcycle. Then I hear the motorcycle rev its engine, and as I'm, like, trying to see where the car, I mean, the motorcycle is, I'm being hit. And... I tell people all the time, like, I can just, you know close my eyes and see everything all over again my friend was uh knocked out so he doesn't remember anything and um i basically saw everything remember everything and um the motorcycle hit us and as i'm in the air flying in the air i can see the motorcycle sliding in front of me and it hits a, a curb and I see the guy flip and the motorcycle flip and then I hit the ground and um I roll over and I look at look at my partner um and he's like unresponsive I call his name so I try to get up and walk and then I notice that I can't walk because my ankles were I guess I felt at the time I felt like they were broken. That's the that's the it, and you were clipped in. Yeah. So you're you were knocked off a bike and you were like clipped clipped in. Like if you know anything about cycling, clipped in means like I had on I had on shoes that were in the pedal stuck to the pedals. They were like like clasped 
into the um, bicycle pedals. So, and the only way to get out of them, you mm-hmm. have to like turn your foot. You gotta like do a dance, and I say do the dance because it's basically how they explain it on the peloton. Yeah, like right over left step cross, like yeah. So that's the only way to get out of it. So to be on a bicycle and to come out of the clip, like to unclip outside of your own wheel. Yeah. Now, I, and I not now that we talking about it, I understand why your ankles look the way they do. Yeah, and uh, it's amazing because I felt the motorcycle. I felt the guy hit me, the motorcycle hit me, all of that. And uh, I sustained sustained, uh, bruises. Like, I had bruises all over my body, like, all over my body. But back to the actual experience. Um, As I turn and look and see Swain not responding and i tried to get up i couldn't get up so i just started crawling to him so as i crawled to him i'm like calling on the lord jesus 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 um and i'm i finally get to swain and i'm touching on him like to see if he's breathing and then i finally see that he's breathing and he's just knocked out you know and eventually he starts to snore like he's so knocked out right so i'm just praising praising the god that you know he was you know alive still you know what i'm saying and then it's like i can't remember this lady's name to save my life but i know she's a member of my church and it's like she was our guardian angel or something Mm -hmm. that day so basically i have uh, road ID on my Apple Watch, and I told her to find my phone and find my watch, and you can just call my wife or call my brother. And she proceeds to do that, and um, and me, y'all, please answer, um, numbers you don't know. Cause one thing about me, I'm not gonna answer no private number, and I'm not gonna answer a a, a number that's not saved in my phone. So what happened was, um, she didn't. My wife didn't answer right away, so I had to. Cause she called me from her phone. Exactly. So I called my brother and I told him like, "Hey, I was just hit. Me and Swain were just hit." But he ain't know when I called. I called my wife on my cell phone. Then I called my brother on my cell phone. So my brother, my brother and my wife are rushing to the um, crash, which was not too far from the house. So my wife got there pretty fast, but it was kind of like traffic because of the accident. People were like trying to see what was going on. And, you know, they were just basically, you know, concerned or whatever and it was kind of hard for her to get to us so i guess she had to park and then walk up to us so we went through all of that and i get to the scene and i see my husband like in the street and the um ambulance um the The emts (laughs) i about about to say the ambulances about trying to say the emts the emts are like like um, get him on the stretcher and, you know, I go to Swain, um, Swain Swain and, you know, he doesn't, 
like his phone is damaged. He just uh, over there ate up and I didn't really know any, like, I don't really know him like that. So I didn't know anybody to call and I just felt bad. And I just said like, Swain, I'm here with you. Like whatever you need. Like, and I'm just crying. Like I'm hysterical y'all. So long story short, they take my husband to the hospital and, um, because it's COVID, I can't be in there with him. So, um, his brother met me at the hospital and my friend Crystal, she met me at the hospital and I'm thinking it's going to be like a, um, you know, they just going to patch him up and, you know, we'll come home tonight type thing. So this was around the accident. And, and I'm thinking the same thing. I'm trying to tell them to let me go home. But they saying, if you can't get up and walk, you can't leave. And mind you, I, I had his phone. Like, I got all of his things from the, the accident scene. So I couldn't call or talk to him. It was crazy. Um, and the hospital was ghetto. Mind you, we're not from here. And we don't really, we don't never really have a reason to go to the hospital. So we didn't know that the hospital they was taking him to was ghetto. Because we definitely would have requested a different hospital. But that's neither here nor there. So come to find out, the nurse came out and spoke to me. And it was worse than we thought. And he had to stay overnight. So the accident happened at 3 o'clock. Got to the hospital. I got the call around 3, 3.15. Got to the hospital around 5-ish. And stayed outside. It got real dark. And we didn't leave till like 9 o'clock. Um, got my husband his phone. Talked to him. Glad he was able to talk. And it was just like, he stayed in the hospital for two days. So three, well, three days. So the whole time he's in the hospital, I'm home, of course, and I'm not eating. I can't sleep. It's just a lot going on. Um, so then three days later, um, my mom, well, two days later, my mom comes up, um, from North Carolina to be with me and to help because, you know, they were saying that he can be discharged soon. So my mom came up that same day he was discharged and the recovery process began. Um, he couldn't walk. He had to walk with a walker. I had two boots on my feet. But he had a boot on a, both feet. A knee brace on my right knee. Mm-hmm. And my hands felt like I had just been punching bricks. So basically he was helpless. And we live in a four-story townhome. Thank God for it every day. It helps me close my rings. Um, but it was a lot because he had, you know, he required, I don't want to say 24-hour care, but he yeah, required he required a lot of care. So he had medication, had to make sure he ate you know, make sure he bathed, and it's not like he could, you know, maneuver by himself, and it was just a lot, and when, like I, like I said at the beginning, when you go through traumatic experiences, you find out who's in your corner, because during that time, the, the pushing pedals, shout out to pushing pedals, they supported us, they started a, um, what's it called? Mill train. Mill, I think it's called something. Mill train. Mill train. And it's basically where people sign up every day um, to bring you or buy you or get 
um, food delivered for breakfast, lunch, and dinner for at least two or three weeks straight. I didn't have to cook because food was popping up at our door every couple hours. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, I lie to you not. Um, my mom came up and she helped. His mom came up and, you know, she helped. It was just like community gathered around. And that's what really helped us get through that traumatic experience. Now, as far as our marriage, yes, it was tested because one of us was down. Like, that's not something you, you plan for or you look forward to. And we talked about crisis plans not too long ago. Um, my husband could have died that day. I could have became a widow that day. Like, it's just, it's stuff like that, traumatic experience like that, that you really don't think about, or you don't have the time to process because he was riding all the time. He rides all the time. So I wasn't thinking, oh, he's going to go out here today and in a couple, in an hour or so, he's going to call me because he's, he, he got in an accident. And just a sidebar that day he never do, he never does this but that day before he left the house he asked me to pray for him and i'm just like okay um so of course as his wife his helpmate i always cover my husband in prayer and we prayed together you know and he left and not even an hour later that's when i got the phone call and I, I thank God for Jesus because I honestly feel like that prayer saved his life. Like that prayer covered him because I asked God to keep him, keep him safe, keep him protected. You know, though hurt, harm and danger came his way, he didn't lose his life. And that's a testimony within itself. Amen. But that traumatic experience really, I wouldn't say it was a test for us because the, uh, because of the community. Yeah, we we uh definitely saw who who was here for us during that time. Yeah, and I feel like I really I really would have been stressed if it was just me. Like if I if I had to make sure he had, you know, because he had to take medicine all like all times of the day, so he had to have food on his stomach. Like if I had to cook. Um, three meals a day and go up and down the stairs every time he needed ice and, and even shout out to our neighbor Ige. Like she looked out and got uh, was we was able to um get Oh yeah the, the, the ice, ice thing the ice machine to help I you know, keep him iced up without having to um you know, keep re upping on, you know, going up and down the stairs. It lasted longer. Like it's just it's just things like that that really helped us. And mm -hmm. I feel like if it wasn't for our community, if it wasn't for that support, that would have been a traumatic experience that probably would have really, like, negatively tested um, our marriage. Because it could it could have been a lot, but I had help. We had help. And I thank God for that. So that's that's a testimony within itself. And that's, you know, one traumatic experience that, you know, we experienced as a couple and we survived it. That and, and, and did, from my viewpoint, I feel like it brought us closer because it made me appreciate you more because I could have lost you, if that makes sense. Mm hmm And I appreciate everything that you did for me while I was down. 
And you still recovering. It's crazy. You still recovering, but still recovering. But he I, he back on that bike. I won't sit my butt down because mm. I ain't that type of person. He back on that bike. Can't Be- keep a good man down. All right. Um. So then transition, and I'm not gonna make my story long. Yeah, um, that was kind of long. Sorry. It was, but I mean, everything built up. I mean, this is a podcast. We talking. We being transparent. And this maybe can bless somebody True. to identify that community, because baby, I'm trying to tell y'all, if you it wasn't need it when you go, if go it wasn't for that community, I'm trying to tell you. Um, and I can only I'm sorry I can only imagine how you would have been if you if you didn't have that help. Yeah, that's I said that. That's that's. I feel like that would have that would have really tested our marriage. Cause just thinking about it, that's a lot. Yeah. A lot. Then we got Zeus. Yeah. I'm sorry. I ain't never think about all of it. I'm sorry, babe. Yeah. That that would have been a lot, but thank God for Jesus. Like I said, we had the support. Um. But then, um, not too long after the accident. So my husband's accident was in October, and um, in November, um, I went to see. Um, um, a new OBGYN, a gynecologist, um, because, you know, all my life I've experienced excruciating cramps. Like since the, I remember the first day of my cycle, I cramped like a dog and I was like eight or nine years old. I was getting ready to ask you how old you were. I was between eight or 10 years old. I can't really remember. Yeah, I can't really remember. Um... Or maybe it was after that, because my grandmother was... That's, yeah. I was like 9 or 10. Anywho, um, so I, you know, went throughout life, and, you know, doctors would tell you, you know, we just prescribe you this this um, pain, this 800 milligram. I know 800 milligram ibuprofen from a mile away. Um, when I was in high school, they tried to put me on birth control to try to control the cramps and my period, um, but nothing really helped. Um, so moved up here, was going to one gynecologist in DC and I was explaining to her like, you know, about these cramps and such. And it was just like, I didn't say anything. So it wasn't until recently, these last couple of years that my cycles would get, you know, become even more painful and it would feel like, you know, somebody is stabbing me in my stomach, like in my abdomen. And, um, you know, me and my husband have been married this September will make seven years. And we haven't been pregnant, not once. We haven't been pregnant. Can't say we had a miscarriage. Like we just, we haven't had any positive pregnancy tests. So I was like, you know, what? I'm tired. I want to get a second opinion. Went and met this new doctor in November, and um, I told her about everything, and she automatically um, said, I want to do an ultrasound and, you know, make sure everything's all right in there. So did an ultrasound that following week. um, She called me, and I kept missing her calls. And um, I believe it was a Friday. Um, I missed a call, but I called her back or I answered the phone or something. 
and she told me that I had two um, large cysts on my ovaries and that the only way to remove them is I would have to have a procedure. And with the procedure, they would test for, um, you know, they would check for endometriosis, fibroids and things of that nature. Um, well, she did say she saw fibroids, but they were small, like a dime size. So that, and it's nothing to worry about. But those cysts were huge. So she wanted to get me in as soon as possible because she didn't want me to um, be in a position that they would rupture. Because, you know, they rupture, they, you know, all of that inside of the cyst gets to your bloodstream and it could be a whole a whole thing. So the the soonest um appointments they had was I think it was Thanksgiving, either the day before or the day after Thanksgiving or um the first or second week in December. So I chose the first or second week in December because I wanted to spend Thanksgiving with my family. So, had the procedure, went in for the procedure. It was supposed to be an in-and-out procedure. My husband, you know, it's COVID. He can't come in with me, so he's waiting in the car because I go in at 12. Recovery time, procedure's like an hour and a half, two hours. Recovery time is about an hour, so give or take, I, he would he would, sit, would have been sitting outside for five hours. Oh, I did sit outside. Oh, yeah, he did sit. What you talking about? I'm just saying, prior... Give or take, he was going to sit outside at least five hours. So, um, go in, get, I, I remember I go in the, um, the operating room and they playing James Brown, I Feel Good. I don't know why the people in there playing that. <laughs> it was, why am I just hearing about this? I thought I told you that. It was cold and I remember I had some black, I had black, um, nurses, Hispanic, like, it was lit in there. We were just talking, and next thing you know, I was just, I woke up, and I was real groggy, and I was nauseating in the pain. Um, So come to find out, by the time I came to, it was like 6, 7 o'clock, and mind you, I went in at 12. Yes, they went overtime. Yeah. It was longer than it was supposed yes, to be. Yes, so the cysts appeared to be larger it was larger than what the doctor my doctor thought it was and um I lost a lot of blood like it was like she said I was so close to needing a blood transfusion that's how much blood I lost doing that procedure so they wanted to keep me overnight and mind you it's supposed to be an in and out surgery but they wanted to keep me overnight to monitor me and make sure that you know i'm able to walk and and you know um they was giving me like a lot of iron pills i couldn't eat anything so they're just pumping me with pain meds on an empty stomach and i'm i'm nauseated i'm so miserable i can't get up and sit down by myself because the pain the internal pain i can't even describe it but no i have never felt pain like that in my life what are you about to say I was going to say, and for me, like, I'm sitting out there waiting. And he's thinking and something I'm, wrong. I'm thinking that uh, it's going to be a quick turnaround, like the doctor said. And hours later, I, you know, get this phone call from the, the doctor or whatever. And she tells me, 
then it was bad news. I I felt like it was bad news. Like she had to stay over because I wasn't, you know, we weren't expecting that. We weren't prepared for that. We weren't prepared for none of that. So um, she's telling me all of this stuff. Like she just stated that she lost a lot of blood and she's nauseated. She can't eat anything. And I'm like, I know she's like, I know how my wife is. She's probably, you know, going through anxiety and pain all at the same time. So I'm like, in a way, I'm feeling some type of way now because it's like, dang, I got to go all the way back home and with this burden, basically. And COVID made it worse because you can't have... I can't have... come in to, to check yeah. on you. I, they didn't even want to let me go in there and use the restroom. Mm-hmm. They weren't playing. So, um, I stay overnight and I had some amazing nurses and thank God the next morning, um, I, well, the next afternoon I was able to, what was the next morning? I was able to be discharged. Um, my doctor came in and she told me, um, it was, it, it was kind it was a, a testimony in itself because it showed me that God was with me. She was saying that it wasn't too sis, um, after all, it was only one large cyst on my right ovary. It was the size of a grapefruit. Mm-hmm. And on the ultrasound, it looked as though it was two, but it was just one big, huge one. So that was a testimony in itself because um, when I woke up um, after the surgery, she was telling me how they was able to get the right um, the right cyst out. And I was like, so I got to go through this again for the left side? Because she told me it was both sides. But come to find out, it was one. So got discharged. That um, recovery was a was a fool. I couldn't get up and out of the bed by myself. Um, I was on iron pills. I was on pain pills. It was a mess. So um, the new year comes, and I have an appointment January fourth, and that's when I was diagnosed with stage three endometriosis. So during your during your recovery, I'm still recovering too, going to physical mm-hmm. therapy. Mm-hmm. Um, I had basically just got out of the boots and all of that kind of stuff. So she just was taking care of me, going up and down the stairs and doing everything. In the table turn. And I, I now it's me doing everything, going up and down the stairs, making sure she eating when she got to take her medicine. Mm-hmm. And I'm still trying to take care of myself also mm-hmm. so um yes january 4th um i was diagnosed with stage three endometriosis and there are four stages of endometriosis there's the first um stage one um that's the the mild stage three is like i guess the moderate stage three i mean stage two is the one is mild, two is moderate, three is severe, and then four is like you can't get no worse than that. When once you reach four, it's like it's over. I don't want to say it's over for you, but it's like ain't nobody trying to get to stage four. So that really um, that was a traumatic experience for me because personally, I felt as though. Um, I wouldn't have I wouldn't be able to have kids. Um and I felt like I was um not I I how can I say this? I feel like I was 
not, I feel like I was in a way, I was negatively, well, I was being a burden to my husband because I, it was a possibility that I can't have kids or I wouldn't be able to have kids. And I feel like my husband is an amazing man. Like he's amazing with our niece and nephews, our God baby, his students. And it's just like, I feel like, you know, I'm just, I would be the reason that he wouldn't be able to experience fatherhood. And that was, that, that was a traumatic experience for me physically. That was a traumatic experience for me mentally. It was a um, traumatic experience for me emotionally. And it's like, but I have my faith and I know that I went through that. I, you know, all of those years not understanding what was going on in my body, I finally found out what it was. And I have a doctor, I have my primary care, and, and I have to go back and see her too, um, that helped me identify what it was. And she cleared us. She said, you know, um, you're clear, you know, start, you know, being blessed and having sex again and, you know, trying to get pregnant. So, and, you know, that diagnosis alone, like, that could have tore our marriage apart. You could have been like, oh, you can't have kids. Well, I can't, I, I want to have kids. I can't do this. You get what I'm saying? Like, it could have went different ways. But, yeah. again, that traumatic experience brought us closer. Thank God for um, community. Of course. Um, and it's like, we got through it and I just feel like, you know, we're all going to experience trauma. Um, we're all going to have, you know, bad days and we're all going to go through things. But I think the important thing is that you seek God, Mm -hmm. you stick together and you identify that community. You make sure your community is solid prior to you know, the bad days, because it's like, they are very important. And at the end of the day, if you stay committed to your vows that Mm -hmm. you made to your significant other, Mm -hmm. everything else will follow. Yep. There's a saying that says, God gives his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers. Yep. And those, those, I can't say it enough. Those experiences back to back could have tore us apart down the middle. Yeah. But it brought us closer and like we're still here and we're here to tell our testimony. And this is probably one of the longest episodes. I I think this is the longest episode we've had um, thus far, but I felt like it was necessary. I felt like someone needs to hear about um, my husband's experience. Somebody needs to hear um, about my experience with, you know, endometriosis, the diagnosis, like period cramps are not normal. You should not have any pain with your cycle. So if you're having issues, women out there with your cycle pain, say something. And if you're not getting the answers that you're looking for or that you need, get a second opinion. If you have to get a third, fourth, or fifth opinion, do what you need to do until you find a resolution because 
your life, I mean, I don't want to say your life was on the line, but your life was on the line, like your future, like, especially if you want to have kids. So have, have that conversation and yeah. And you said cycle, which made me okay think about cycling. Y'all. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. If you see somebody cycling, man, just respect the the laws for cycling. You know, cyclist. Like we have laws too. Like we have things that we have to abide by also. So if you being uh uh I don't know driving crazy and road rage and just because I'm over here just going 15 miles an hour and the speed limit is 35 come on give me some respect until you can get around me like because you never know what can happen like this person misjudged trying to to go around a car and and bam hit us so just be mindful of when my my dad used to tell me when you get in the car you got to drive for yourself and other folks so just be mindful of, you know, what you're doing when you're on the road because that that didn't really have to happen. But you know, it was a test. It for a, a reason. It was a test and trial for me and my wife to go through so that we could share this with you all. Yes, and we pray that somebody was blessed um, by our episode today, and. Um, this may not be your testimony. You may have not had these have you may not have had these experiences. You may have had traumatic experiences from childhood. You may have had, you know, traumatic experiences um you know, within family or um on your job or anything. It could be anything. Losing a loved one, it could be anything. But what we want you guys to get out of this episode is that one Seek God, put God first in everything that you do. And if you're not married or you don't have a, a, a partner or a boo or whatever, for us, we had each other. Lean on your your friends and, and your family and identify and establish that community because I'm trying to tell you, you're going to need it. And I would say therapy, too. Yeah, because, you know, like I said, the traumatic experiences from childhood, that's you can bring that with you throughout your life and it can impact negatively impact everything, everything, everybody that comes into your life. And it's like it's toxic Mm -hmm. and you need to let it like get it off your chest, let it go. You probably will never forget it, but you can't let it run your life. You cannot. So, the question of the week is, how has traumatic in, how has traumatic experiences impacted your relationships? That's the question. I think that's it. How has traumatic experiences impacted, impacted your, your relationships? Relationship? Yes. Yes. So we thank y'all for listening to us for the last 47 minutes and 42 seconds. 
Um, we want you guys to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Wiggins Boulevard. We want you guys to like, comment, and share on whatever platform you're listening to us on. And we want you to hit us up on social media. Like, engage with us. Yes, let us comment. know. Let us know what you want to hear. Let us, you know, feedback. Hit the DMs. If you yeah, like we're so transparent, and open. We're some cool. We're some cool ass people. I'm trying to tell you. We, yeah, we are a lot of people favorites because we we like that. We we blessed and we love each other. We love God and to we God love be people. The glory. Yes, and I guess we'll see y'all next Friday at noon. Peace. Peace.